Welcome to the Tuesday Night IBS Podcast. I'm your host, Johanna Ruby. The podcast connects patients and providers with information and education about the diagnosis and treatment of IBS and related diagnoses. Each month, we feature a new episode with guest experts in the field of motility and neurogastroenterology who share the latest science and data for diagnosing and treating these conditions, as well as conversation about their impact on a patient's quality of life. Just a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for informational and educational use only and should never be substituted for medical advice. Always work with your doctor to diagnose and treat your IBS symptoms effectively. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday night IBS podcast episode. We're excited to bring you um, this month's episode, really um, talking about the data, the efficacy data on gut-directed hypnosis and how it can be beneficial for patients with IBS. And we're joined by two very special guest experts in this area, uh, Dr. Olafur Paulson from the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and Tim Rudolfi, who is the CEO of Metami Health. We'll um, do some more formal introductions in a moment, but I'm excited to have both of you joining today. Um, Dr. Paulson, obviously, because of your um, influence in the area of gut-directed hypnosis in GI illnesses and um, the data that you you and your team have have produced over many, many years. So I'd like to talk to you more about the evolution of this and how we've gotten back you know, in the early days when you were trying to convince people that there was a brain gut connection and that this could be beneficial to where we are today with it be really becoming more mainstream and accepted um, as a form of treatment. And then Tim, really excited to talk to you about uh, what you've been doing to harness this into um, more easily accessible treatments for patients. So um, thanks to both of you for being here. Uh, Happy so to be here. I, so I'd yeah. like to introduce both of you. So um, Tim Rudolfi is the CEO of Metami Health. They are a prescription digital therapeutic company and the developer of the Regulora app um, that's going to be delivering this treatment to patients. Um, he has a lot of experience in business development and product launches and, um, and a personal interest in IBS. And then, of course, uh, Dr. Olafur Paulson, you might... You might have heard of him. He's a professor of medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology in the Center for Functional GI and Motility Disorders at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. He is a clinical psychologist and a health researcher. He's done a lot of work looking at the relationship between the mind and the body, particularly in GI illness. And he is an internationally recognized expert in the use of hypnosis for GI disorders, He's developed a really unique standardized hypnosis treatment protocol for treating IBS. And it's been used um, in a number of studies and by hundreds of clinicians around the US. And I will um, tell you that I get emails from <laughs> providers from all over the country asking me if they can get a copy of Dr. Paulson's hypnosis protocol and where can they get it um, so they can start using it with their patients. So he is um, definitely well-respected in this area. So hello to both of you. How are you? That's great. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for Thank having you for us. the invitation. Yeah, not a problem. So let's, um, let's dig right in. 
Um, I, you know, we, we, we kind of, I kind of, you know, set the stage for what we're going to be talking about um, in, in looking at the efficacy data for gut-directed hypnosis for IBS. But uh, Dr. Paulson, can you, can you maybe kick us off with um, a description of what direct uh, gut-directed hypnosis is? Because I think sometimes people have a misconception of this kind of like fantasized trance state that you see like, you know, in movies or in a hypnosis show in Vegas. Um, and that's really not what we're talking about here. So maybe just give us an understanding of what this really is. Yes, this is absolutely a key uh, issue because uh, it's it's one of the big hindrances for patients uh, using the treatment is this aura of magic that surrounds yeah. hypnosis. And you know that's partly because it is misrepresented and and made to be something magical in movies and TV shows and and in stage right. hypnosis also, uh, people think it is something powerful and magical, but uh, it's actually just a, a natural mental state um, that we access and make use of uh, therapeutically. But it is a special mental state, and uh, and that that is something that. Uh, you know, people don't understand very well that that this is a natural part of of, of their mind uh, capability, uh, and it happens spontaneously to people. But you can also make it happen specifically uh, by inducing the conditions that cause it to happen. And there are certain things that go together that make hypnosis happen either spontaneously in daily life or or um, with a therapist, and. Uh, Essentially, you just need to bring certain conditions together, and then it happens. Uh, one of them is narrowing of the focus of attention. Um, so that is always a part of inducing hypnosis. Uh, uh, it's a different attentional state. And, uh, and another one is activating the imagination, vivid imagery, and physical relaxation, and letting go of being in control of your behavior but instead allowing things to happen. When these things um, come together, uh, then hypnosis happens and you lapse into a different type of mental state that is very focused, um, a very powerful state where you have better access to non-conscious mental functions, things like memory um, and uh, emotions and also physiological functions that you usually cannot access consciously. So this is the, the power of, of hypnosis, is to be able to make use of that uh, enhanced access to non-conscious part of, of, of the mind that happens under these conditions uh, to influence uh, other parts of the mind or, or the body. And uh, this was uh, discovered a long time ago um, hypnosis uh, as a clinical um, tool has been around for a couple hundred years, mm-hmm. uh, but but it is only uh, really in the in the in the past uh, half century that people are really concentrating on treating particular uh, medical disorders uh, with this through a series of scientific studies showing that it it can be done. Um, so. So this is this is the state of, of, of hypnosis, and uh, a therapist simply makes those conditions come together, and then uses verbal guidance to give suggestions and imagery, 
that causes therapeutic changes that are facilitated in this particular state and wouldn't happen as much if you said those same things to a person in, in the waking state. Um, so hypnosis is a tool and it can be used both for medical purposes and for psychological treatment. But okay. more and more we are realizing that you can actually influence physical conditions uh, with, with this. And, um, right. and yeah. So, so, so tagging off of that in terms of GI and, and say IBS, for example, um, there, the studies have, have mostly been looking at pain, um, and reduction of pain. Is that correct? Not, not quite, not for IBS. Uh, okay. But, but, um, uh, pain is, is, um, basically the best target uh, for hypnosis as far as, as treating physical conditions in general. And that's why it lends, it so, lends, lends itself so well to treating IBS because IBS is a, a pain-centered uh, right. problem. But the same with other uh, some other GI disorders like functional dyspepsia, uh, where there is a lot of pain and discomfort. So those are disorders that, that lend themselves very well to hypnosis treatment because they're, they're pain-centered. Mm -hmm. um, so, so um, people are, have have realized over time that pain is probably the best medical target uh, for hypnosis treatment, and there is a lot that can be done to help people with various types of pain: chronic pain, right. um, cancer pain. There are there are several studies showing that you can help cancer pain a lot, uh, and other types of pain. So yes, so that that is definitely a part of it, but. But it is not the, the whole thing because uh, in IBS, um, you know, pain and abnormal bowel functioning go together. And uh, it seems that the hypnosis treatment addresses both parts. So we, you see systematic uh, reduction in both, in both, in both, both also as a part of the, the treatment. Uh, but definitely uh, quite a bit of reduction in, uh, in pain. In several of the studies that have been done, uh, you see typically uh, abdominal pain reduced by about half, about 50% on average. You know, more, of course, for some patients and less for others. But on, on average, um, I think it is it's good to say that, that if you do a, um, a well-constructed course of hypnosis treatment for IBS, you are typically going to expect, on average, to reduce the abdominal pain part by half. So not curing it altogether, right, but, uh, right. but that's that's a lot, um, especially for the ones that have severe abdominal pain, which is a lot of, of, of the IPS patients, enough to make the pain stop interfering with daily activities and work and, and, and so on. So it makes a huge quality of life difference. Yeah. So, so powerful so, intervention. So if we can um, look at at the treatment also, um, or any data on the, using the, the treatment of hypnosis, um, for anxiety and depression that might be comorbid in these patients who have very high levels of chronic pain. Are we seeing a reduction in anxiety and depression scores as well in these patients after? Yes. Use? Yes. Um, in, in, uh, almost all studies where, um, that has been studied alongside the, improvement in, in GI symptoms, you see uh, anxiety and depression reduction. That is not the focus, interestingly, sure. of yeah. the treatment. So the, I, I, I want IBS patients to understand this, and this is what I always 
told my patients when I was in clinical practice, we are not trying to treat your emotions, really. That is not the focus of the treatment. This is a brain-gut treatment uh, aimed at treating IBS as a bowel disorder. However, as a side effect of that, uh, there is significant reduction in anxiety and depression symptoms in patients who have those, those symptoms, typically. Mm-hmm. So it's a side benefit more than the target of, of treatment. Uh, Dr. Paulson, what about patients who have a hypervigilance towards their bowel habits? Um, and um, because of that brain gut connection and that hypervigilance and that hyperattention to that, are experiencing um, an increased number of bowel movements a day or urgency or frequency? Um, can hypnosis also be directed to the actual bowel habit symptoms as well as the pain? Can can recommendations or or the process of the hypnosis um, suggestions target the bowel habit themselves? Yes, and they almost always do. That is um, a, a part of the treatment. So in our um, uh, what is called the North Carolina protocol or scripted uh, seven session treatment protocol, we focus on normalizing bowel function, functioning um, as, as um, it, its own set of, of therapeutic suggestions. Um, the other main um, uh, treatment approach uh, that is a little bit different but has many similarities uh, and was the original treatment uh, protocol for IBS is the Manchester protocol uh, by Peter Warwell uh, and colleagues in in England. And that protocol also focuses quite a bit on normalizing uh, bowel functioning. They use um, the um, river imagery, uh, imagining the gut like a river that flows uh, and, 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 um, adjusting the flow of the of, of the river to normalize uh, uh, stool, um, um, well, well, motility, gut motility. Right, right. Uh, so, so yes, that is always is a, a part of the focus. So, what what we focus on, uh, just broadly in terms of suggestions and imagery, is well being, uh, less reactivity to stress, um, and and uh, reduction in abdominal pain and normalizing um, uh, gut motility uh, or, or um, stool consistency. Those, those are, I would say, the central parts of the uh, treatment in terms of imagery and suggestions. So I, I'm just so curious about how this has evolved over the course of 20, 25 years of your work, Dr. Paulson, in this. And I would imagine that early on, there were some naysayers in the field who were not so keen on this as being a validated treatment for for patients with IBS. Um, And I just wonder, you know, could you kind of briefly describe your experience back then and how we've come Mm -hmm. full circle circle to where we are now, where it's, you know, really mainstream and getting a lot of attention and a lot of buy-in from patients and providers as a really good um, treatment modality? Yes, um, it's a long history. I've been doing this for over 25 years and uh, 
the uh, treatment protocol that I developed to uh, uh, treat IBS with hypnosis was you know, written in 1995. So it's been a long time. And it certainly was a different uh, era. Yeah. It was at a time where um, IBS was seen kind of just like a motility disorder. There was something wrong with the gut in the way it, uh, the gut moved. Um, and it was called irritable bowel syndrome because <clears throat> people realized that stress had something to do with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, but, but people saw it just as a gut being irritated right. um, and did not recognize really the um, role of the brain in, in, in this. So uh, when I started working on this uh, at first at, at UNC, people would say, say things like, uh, you're going to do what with the patients? <laughs> uh, uh, hypnosis seemed to be so outside of, yeah. of what would be uh, realistic to do sure. uh, for a bowel disorder. Uh, but there have been a couple of studies in England, and Peter Warwell had done his first um, in a revolutionary study um, that was published in The Lancet, um, that showed that hypnosis treatment was quite effective when compared to, um, you know, kind of double placebo, that is uh, both talk therapy and placebo pills. So, so the, the comparison group got both uh, placebo pills and talk therapy, and this was compared to another group that um, received hypnosis treatment. Well, the hypnosis uh, treatment did much better and uh, this was uh, quite eye-opening uh, and, you know, uh, publishing it in the Lancet, very high-status uh, sure. medical journal, uh, gave it a lot of attention and everybody wanted to, to try this. Um, so so um, this had, had been published uh, recently, but then there hadn't been a lot of follow-up. So uh, I had been developing a hypnosis treatment protocol to try to influence physical functions in a measurable way that you can measure with physical sensors. Uh, that was my doctoral dissertation work. Um, then I, I uh, became a postdoc at UNC and uh, worked with uh, uh, Bill Whitehead, who was at the time one of the top experts on IPS in the, in the world. And, um, and he really uh, was intrigued by the fact that I was trying to in influence the body with hypnosis, and that I was, uh, I had been trying to do that in a fully scripted way that that could be replicated again and again. So um, he asked me whether I could adapt that approach to IBS. Um, so so that's what what we did, and and so that was our big contribution uh, because that had never been done before, as far as I know, nobody had ever uh, created a whole therapy course. Uh, for any medical disorder sure. uh, that was fully scripted word for word. Uh, sure. People had, had individual scripts, um, uh, you know, for guidance, um, you know, for what to say in hypnosis sessions, but, but to, to script out a whole series of sessions word for word had really never been done before. And, uh, and uh, we found that that was effective and uh, that it, it, it uh, improved both the GI symptoms and the um, uh, emotional symptoms also and quality of life. 
And then I went to Virginia, replicated uh, that, got a small internal grant to replicate it. And then I felt comfortable enough uh, with the fact that this was reliable to start distributing it uh, to therapists. And uh, that's where this really took off in the US because uh, soon um, uh, hundreds of therapists had this in their hands. And, and it turned out that they could do this just as well as, as we, we did with high success rate. Right. Um, and, and, and only then, um, since, since we started distributing it, have we started realizing um, exactly what this is doing <laughs> because uh, the brain-gut axis has not been well understood um, except in the last 10 years or so. Right. And, and more and more we are learning that the brain is actually continually, every moment of, of, the, of the day and night, um, modulating the, um, or, and tuning the uh, functioning of the gut. Uh, and and uh, that can go off the rails under certain conditions like uh, traumatic uh, life experiences or chronic high stress uh, that lasts a long time or even um, uh, GI, uh, you know, actual infection um, if, if it lasts and is associated with a lot of emotional uh, distress. Those are things that, that, that can... Um, derail the usual control of, uh, that the brain has of, of the gut and make it actually start irritating the gut, uh, right. you know, very appropriate uh, for, the, for the name of IBS. Uh, so we are understanding now better why this treatment works so well after the fact. Right. Uh, and this was not understood at all by the day. But then um, just more and more people have been doing studies, and now we have more than a dozen uh, randomized controlled trials demonstrating that hypnosis treatment is definitely uh, highly effective uh, for many patients with IBS. And, and a, a bigger body than that, over 30 studies altogether that have, have shown those, those positive clinical outcomes. So that is what is now making people accept this. It is just yeah. the body of evidence that has become sufficiently large right. to show that this is reliably effective. So tagging off of that for Tim, my question is, when did you realize that this was going to be something that was going to benefit patients and something that maybe you could di digitize and make available in, in a more open access, because clearly, you know, this is, you know, the data supports it, but access to it is the key thing for patients, right? So um, when, how did this all evolve when you started mulling this over in your mind? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I've been in the, the, the GI space in the pharmaceutical side for years, uh, many years. And, and even going back to when Dr. Paulson wrote his first North Carolina protocol in 1995. In the it, I didn't know about it. We didn't we didn't even consider it a um, a, a possible therapy for patients um, because we were just so focused on the drug side. Fast forward to 2017 was when we first had the idea to digitize um, 
brain gut therapies like right. this. Our founder at MetaMe Health is actually a patient. Um, he suffered from IBS and IBD his whole life, um, and and through his treatment became aware of brain gut therapies. And um, and then again in nineteen or excuse me, two thousand seventeen, when Pear Therapeutics was the first company to go through the FDA and get a prescription digital therapeutic um, cleared by the FDA that delivers a behavioral therapy that kind of the light bulb went off that said, wait a minute, maybe it's possible that we mm. could take some of these brain gut therapies in the GI space, digitize them and bring them onto the market as a prescription digital therapeutic. Right, right. And and where are you in terms of um, rolling this product out to patients and providers? We are at the, the very early stages. Um, we, we actually, um, we, we have our product, Regulora, as you'd mentioned, cleared through the FDA at the end of last year. We're just now doing an early experience program, very slowly rolling it out um, uh, on a nationwide basis to ensure everything is working smoothly, technical services, things like that. And so we're the early stages. I think you'll see us later this year start to more broadly commercialize the product. But it is available today. Okay, great. And the data for for Regulora in terms of efficacy, is it at the same levels as in-person delivery? Exactly. So we ran a large 362-person randomized controlled trial and consistent with the 15 to 30 studies that Dr. Paulson uh, mm-hmm. referenced showing impact not only on pain, but on uh, bowel function, on quality of life. We had all of those measures and saw a similar impact as a face-to-face therapy sessions in previous studies have shown. Yeah, that's that's great. How long is the protocol in the app? Is it six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks? Well, it's, it's 12 weeks. We follow Dr. Paulson's North Carolina protocol to a T. So it's uh, seven therapy sessions. Each of the seven therapy sessions given once every other week for a 12-week course of therapy. That's great. Dr. Paulson, I am curious about enduring benefit of hypnosis. Um, what has your data shown in long-term um, resurveying of patients in terms of their enduring relief? Yes, we uh, have not followed uh, patients longer than a year. So um, I can't really say anything about that uh, beyond okay. the year. Okay. Um, but, but it is very well maintained uh, up to a year. Uh, in 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 the second study uh, uh, of you know of our protocol, we um, did a ten month follow up after the end of treatment, and we found uh, out that seventy five percent of the patients uh, were were almost completely um, maintaining their benefits at, at that point. Uh, the Manchester group in England has done longer follow up uh, that uh, that gives us a better idea of what happens over many years. And uh, that's quite remarkable because they found that if their, their patients benefited from the treatment uh, to begin with, so this was 204 patients that they followed up to five years after after the treatment. So that's that's really the best data that we have in the field. Um, so, so what they found was that if the patients uh, had shown a therapeutic response uh, to the treatment at the end of the treatment, then um, about 80% of them 
were still improved um, uh, up to five years after the treatment. So, wow. so in most cases, uh, this is going to uh, last for years and years. So it is worth the investment to yeah. to um, you know uh, to do this, this type of treatment. It it will take some of your time, will take some effort, but you're uh, more likely than not. Eighty percent, according to the masses group, eighty percent probability of having years and years of 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 better GI functioning than you had before the treatment. Absolutely, and, That's and we amazing. saw similar. Results showing. I'll, I'll just mention we did a yeah. one follow up on our digital therapeutic as well and saw mm -hmm. similar results. That if if you had an impact at the end of therapy, you you had a, a 60 70 percent chance of maintaining that um, that that effect at 12 months after therapy. That's fantastic. Um, I'm curious about um, patients' perceptions. We talked a little bit about it in the beginning. Um, but I, in, in my, um, doctoral work, I'm focused on the role of stigma and the impact of stigma in GI, um, and particularly as it, when it applies to treatments, um, with the use of neuromodulators or with the use of brain gut behavioral treatments. And that idea that many patients have that, um, I, be, that if they're, if a provider makes a rep. A recommendation for one of these treatments, they're implying that their symptoms are psychological. And I'm just curious um, from both of your standpoints, maybe Tim, from start with you, how your company is approaching that in terms of communication to patients. And, you know, have you thought about that? Are you talking to providers about how to communicate the use of, of this therapeutic um, in a way that does not further stigmatize patients or make them feel like this is not something they want to try? Yeah, very important topic. Yeah, absolutely. We believe that as well. Um, we, we're very sensitive to that communication pathway. And in fact, we're actually working now to develop materials to, to uh, help physicians communicate to their patient as to why they're prescribing not only this uh, brain-gut therapy, gut-directed hypnotherapy, but also a prescription digital therapeutic component of it. Right. Now, um, and I th we think it's important to do that. That being said, I'll tell you, we've done significant uh, research, market research with patients and we were actually very happily uh, surprised um, to see that 75% of the patients that we spoke to when we described uh, a digital therapeutic that could deliver gut-directed hypnotherapy, 75% of the patients said, oh, if that was available, I would absolutely ask my physicians about it. There, there really wasn't that hesitation um, right. that, that we thought we might see about gut-directed hypnotherapy. Um, and, and to your point about the physician recommendation, it jumped to 95% of those patients said if a physician told me about this or prescribed it, I absolutely would use it. So we were happy that's to see amazing. those numbers. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. Dr. Paulson, what do you think that that's coming from those numbers of being willing to try it from their provider's recommendation? Are we seeing a shift in the way providers are communicating in general about IBS to their patients? Yes, I, I think there is now general recognition uh, that the brain-gut axis is the key 
to mm. IBS and the other uh, disorders of, of brain-gut or gut-brain in, uh, in, uh, interaction. Um, so, so that is now a general recognition. And I think that is even spilling uh, over into general education materials on the internet. Yes. So, so you, you see that now explained everywhere in a way that was never done before. Right. And that is making it much easier to understand what these therapies are about and that they're not about, um, you know, making you feel better emotionally or, or that is not the key focus or, or um, you know, getting rid of some mis- misperceptions or, 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 or hypochondriasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, so I, I, I think that whole focus on the brain-gut axis is extremely useful and is making it so much easier for patients to embrace uh, the, these yeah. therapies. And, and also just, uh, you know, both from the referring physician side and from the therapist who is going to deliver these therapies, this is absolutely key to explain what, what, what is being done Absolutely. here. Um, you are not um, really treating the mind. What you are, are, are doing is, is you are using the brain to help um, tune and correct the functioning of the, the GI tract. And when you see it that way, you understand that you're actually getting medical treatment. You're not getting psychological treatment. Right, right. That's a great point. Um, So as we wrap up our our discussion today, um, any last words or clinical words of wisdom for providers when it comes to the recommendation of gut-directed hypnosis or the use of of it digitally as well. Um, Dr. Paulson will maybe ask you first. Well, um, I think there are actually two revolutions happening here simultaneously in in the field that that are changing completely access of patients to these therapies. Uh, And I I think the clinicians, uh, the physicians uh, need to recognize that. Um, One is um, the um, whole telemedicine uh, revolution that was forced on us right. by the pandemic, but is now becoming a lasting part of of the the field of uh, GI psychology. Um, you know, almost all the GI psychologists that I'm talking to um, are now treating uh, patients with CBT and hypnosis uh, through through the internet through 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 video. Uh, meaning that that there is now much broader access than be, before. So this is really great. Of course, there is still limited number of, of GI therapists to de- deliver this. So in, in right. a way, this has increased the demand on them because yeah. now they have all states. Exactly. Have to, <laughs> have to yeah. serve. But, uh, but but this is this is great because you know if you live uh, you know 200 miles away from uh, any uh, GI psychologist, you can still access the treatment. So this is one revolution. The other one is the digital therapeutic revolution, uh, both for CBT and hypnosis. I always like to talk about this together because uh, these are, are um, the, the two treatments that uh, are, are best established as, as being yes. reliably effective. And and realizing that, that both options are now coming on the market um, as prescription therapeutics, which again, is going to uh, completely revolutionize access uh, to, to the uh, 
this type of care. And just, just realizing that those two things are rapidly, completely changing um, the, the way you can access these therapies uh, for patients. And at the same time, the understanding of the brain gut axis is making it easier for the patients to accept this. You know, uh, I, I would just like to to uh, point this out because um, I think uh, um, the clinicians need to be encouraged to make use of these new opportunities to routinely incorporate this in their care. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and I, I would agree with what Dr. Paulson says there. I, I think it really is a revolution in, um, in, in the way patients are being treated. The, the physicians that we speak to and the research that you see GI physicians understand brain gut therapies can be effective in treating patients sure. with IBS, but they've never had access to it. As Dr. Paulson said, what, 200 maybe uh, gastropsychologists in the United States who could actually deliver these therapies. But today, with the advent of these prescription digital therapeutics, every patient in the United States with a cell phone can now have access to these types of therapies. So it's just the education and awareness that it exists, that they're just as effective uh, as face-to-face therapies. Um, and to, to give it a try is, is uh, hopefully we'll see better, uh, you know, better efficacy in, in treatment for these patients in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's very exciting as a patient myself to think about the expanded access and, you know, so many patients that email me and that I work with trying to get them, you know, connected with a gastroenterologist and then in turn with a dietitian and then a GI psychologist. And it's just so hard and everyone is so backed up and so overburdened. Um, so to have this, as you said, the, the prescription level FDA cleared is really important to me. And I think to other patients, because then they know that there's good data supporting it. Um, and it's not just, uh, just some fly by night app that they download from the app store. Um, it's legitimate and it's scientifically based and evidence-based. So I, I really love that. And I appreciate Tim, your company and Mahana and the other companies that are working really hard to benefit patients in this area. So thank you for that. Dr. Paulson, you are, um, you're a legend in the field of this area. So thank you for all of your work and your persistence over the past 25 years in sticking with this, um, because it's now really, really benefiting patients. So appreciate that as well. If you have any questions for Dr. Paulson or for Tim in regards to what we discussed today, happy to get those um, questions from you and send them on and get you some answers. Um, please join us on uh, August the 9th when Dr. Paulson will be our guest on our Twitter chat at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be digging down into the data even more and talking about efficacy of this treatment for patients with IBS. Thanks so much to both of you for being here. It was so nice to spend some time with you and everyone. We will see you next time. Take good care. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Join us again next month for another episode of Tuesday Night IBS and be sure to follow the conversation on our Twitter page at hashtag Tuesday Night IBS. We host live Twitter chats on the second Tuesday of each month at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time with our monthly guest and encourage you to join in the conversation. 
In addition, check out our page on Facebook at Tuesday Night IBS and find video presentations provided monthly by our guest experts to further guide our learning and conversation about these important topics. See you next month.